0: Here's your host, Sakar Cowley.
1: Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Uh, Today I have a very dynamic uh, gentleman, uh, Mr. Aaron Howell. Uh, Welcome to the show, Aaron.
2: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Sure, Uh, Aaron is with uh, Blacklick Holdings Group and um, with his company, he owns several multi-family and some single-family units. uh, And he's been a full-time pharmacist uh, and has turned into a full-time real estate investor now. So uh, without taking too much of your thunder away, Aaron, do you wanna give us a brief background on yourself uh, there, Aaron?
2: Sure, thank you. Um, I uh, live here in Crozet, Virginia, which is outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, I've been married for about four and a half years to uh, my wife, Megan. She's a nurse. Um, I was a full time pharmacist up until last summer. And basically, through investing uh, in real estate over the last six, seven, eight years, um, I'm down to three days a week, about 24 hours a week as a pharmacist. Um, You know, I I joke with people, I I now. have one key on my key ring. As a uh, pharmacy <laughs> manager, I used to have uh, five or six keys, you know, one for the register, one for the safe, one for the door, and uh, kind of given that up quite a bit. And uh, I'm down to one now for the house
1: freedom comes with less weight as well right <laughs>
2: exactly i mean it's been it's been a stress reliever big time to uh, go part time awesome,
1: awesome. Uh, tell us more reality uh, related to real estate uh, Aaron as to you know, how you got started and how uh, you know how you sort of progressed
2: uh, okay um i started uh, with my first uh, i guess single family house that i was living in in 2006 Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows the history of uh, what happened in 2006, 2007, sure. <laughs> 2010 um, with the real estate market. So I, I bought pretty much at the top of the market in early 2006, uh, lived in the property for about three years, and then realized I was kind of you know outgrowing the area uh, with a space there in the townhouse. Um, so I moved out to the country, um, a little bit out of Charlottesville into Crozet, uh, in a single family home in a nice neighborhood. Uh, And we put the the property up for sale. Um, You know, the price kept dropping, dropping, dropping um, because nobody was buying at that point. Sure. It was just a big credit crisis for sure right after that, you know. Exactly. Um, So eventually, uh, my realtor was like, hey, why don't you rent the place out? Uh, and you know, I'd never thought about renting it out before. I just kind of wanted to get free from the mortgage. And, uh, so i you know, was like, okay, we can do that. Um, I ended up renting it out to one tenant who stayed for a couple of months and then she had to move cause she lost her job. Uh-oh. Um, and then I got a second tenant real quick after that. Um, she lived in the property for about five years and ended up purchasing it. Oh, nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, 2016 finally got that thing off the books, um, ended up losing about fifty thousand dollars total uh, from start to finish, right? Um, but it was a pretty much like a university tuition and real estate investing. Uh, I mean, that's what happens.
1: I, I mean, it, same thing happened uh, to me as well. Like you buy at the top of the market, and you know, obviously, we can't time the market and. Uh, 2008, as we say, was a quite a correction. It was just a massive drop of prices and it was tough to get out. I mean, there's no, no credit available. It, it was a difficult time, but, but go ahead.
2: Um, so 2011 rolls around. Um, my mom, uh, I went to Las Vegas and then, uh, went to California doing some mountain climbing. And um, my mom had said, hey, you know, while you're in Vegas, get some fl- like real estate flyers. The market out there is really dropped off a lot. And, um, you know, a lot of investors are, you know, are investing in Vegas. And, you know, sure. I, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm going point A to point B. Um, you know, I'm not stopping, you know, anywhere to get any real estate investing information. Right. But right. a month or two later, she was like, hey, why don't we fly to Vegas and take a look at some properties? Um, so we did. Uh, and, we ended- and
1: that's your, that's your mom who, who's saying this.
2: Yeah, you know, and she, she doesn't have an entrepreneurial bone in her body, but um, something in her mind was like, hey, why don't we invest in a, re- a rental property? And I don't know where that came from from her, but, you know, she did it.
1: Man, I, I got to applaud her that, <laughs> uh, you know, she she got the bug and she, you know, said, hey, let's let's go to Vegas and, you know, try to, you know, research some stuff. I mean, how unusual is that? I mean, a mom saying to her son, let's go look at some properties back to out of state and go there and invest. That's, that's, that's a phenomenal, incredible story.
2: Yeah. She kicked my butt into gear, but um, so we, we bought a property there. It was a single family residence. Um, I went back about six months later and bought a property by myself. Um, you know, I think at that point. Uh, so that was
1: the second property there, Anna.
2: The yeah. second single family property there. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was kind of joking with you earlier that, Uh, The market in 2012 in Vegas was so hot that I never saw the property. Um, I bought it in 2012 uh, based on, you know, the property inspection, uh, the realtor's opinion of of the area. Mm -hmm. And then I sold it in 2017. I never saw the property whatsoever. Um, Never laid eyes on it.
1: Right. Right. But but, by the way, guys, I I wouldn't, you know, probably advise that recipe (laughs) to everyone, but uh, sometimes in life things cross paths and, I think the most important fundamental element that you had going was these were rather new constructions or newly constructed properties, so the possibility of having repairs or a lot of things going wrong was much less. But perhaps if that was a different case, wherein you know it was an older home and someone just you know renovated it, and you had tenants in there, so the possibility of things you know like typical plumbing or electrical related maintenance do come up. Uh, but awesome, it worked for you well for you. But uh, you know, obviously, as you also know now, Aaron, that um, I think sight unseen uh, properties and just you know owning them uh, does you know pose a bunch of uh, you know hurdles that you've got to manage with your property management and things like that. Uh, so how how did your other deals uh, came along um, there, Aaron? Um,
2: so took a couple years off. Uh, met my wife in 2013. Um, I, uh, started working on getting my pilot's license in 2012. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so 2014 rolls around and my realtor here in, uh, Charlottesville, um, showed me a duplex, um, kind of near the university of Virginia, um, which I kind of looked at it immediately and thought, Oh, that's not a bad deal. Um, so we ended up closing on that later on in 2014. That was my first multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, Got married in in January 2015, um, and then closed on another single family. um, First one in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, We went up over the summer to visit and take a look at some properties. And then I closed on another um, single family um, townhouse Mm -hmm. here in our neighborhood, uh, Mm -hmm. local.
1: Mm -hmm. So by this time, Aaron, uh, as I'm following your pattern, you are surely convinced that Uh, investment real estate works. And the concept of cash flow, you know, you're getting whatever, $200, $300, $400 per month is achievable. And the fact that, okay, you can go from house to house, given six months, you're collecting down payment, letting the property work out, stabilize and things like that. And then you are jumping onto next deal. So I see your pattern here. So go ahead, continue. (laughs)
2: Yeah, um so 2016 um bought another multifamily um in Cleveland. Um it's the first duplex up there. Mm-hmm. Um so it kind of at work, you know, I, you know you'd mentioned um you know the cash flow and kind of realizing that you know a couple hundred dollars a month from each property could really uh, make a difference. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so late 2016 um the company I worked for um you could kind of tell there was a change in the culture, you know, you mm-hmm. the conference mm-hmm. calls uh there was a change in the, you know, the, the way our boss was, you know, trying to get goals across to us. Um, you could could tell there was some winds of change coming. Um, so at that point, I kind of, you know, kicked myself into high gear at this point. Um, and uh you know began a new relationship with a commercial bank here locally sure,
1: sure you wanted to cross the river as fast as possible on the other side ask me how I
2: know <laughs> <laughs> you've done it too right <laughs> absolutely
1: and yeah the whole concept of you have a new boss and the the whole culture of, and the way we things have, and do has changed. I experienced that as well, but go ahead, continue.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, began a new relationship with a local bank. Uh, the whole time I've been doing kind of residential loans. Um, mm-hmm. and they were just driving me crazy. I mean, they were taking, you know, 90, hundred t- days to close and they were asking for bank statements three or four times during the process. And, sure. you know, having me sign statements that the property I owned with my mom in Las Vegas that I wasn't married to my mom. I had to, I had to literally send them a statement saying that she's my mother. She gave birth to me on such and oh such my date. God. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bizarre. I mean, I'm sure some I underwriter, you know, somewhere was kind of like, well, how do we know this is really his mom? You know, but, um, so we started doing commercial loans. Uh, and I remember meeting the, the banker there and she told me, she said, yeah, I'm not going to ask you for bank statements. I'm not going to ask you for this. I'm not going to ask you for that. I'm not going to ask you where that deposit every week that happens in your right. account comes from. I mean, that's my paycheck, but, um, you know, and I, I kind of didn't believe her cause I had been so jaded with the whole residential property. purchasing. Uh, that,
1: that's true. And part of the reason that also Aaron is that the underwriting standards that are governed that they may not, I mean, these loan officers and underwriters, they may not like that personally, but they have these guidelines where they are like checking each boxes within the long you know set of steps that they have to do whereas when you try you know as you must have found out when you jump over into the commercial world or perhaps doing these portfolio loans with smaller banks, you know, the, the decision making is faster, you know, they are localized and things like that. So, but go ahead, continue. Yeah.
2: But she, you know, uh, through the whole process of that first loan, um, I was just literally amazed at how little, um, you know, information she told me initially, she said, Hey, if it makes, if it makes cash and uh, you know, you're in good standing, they asked for personal financial statement and tax returns and pay stubs, but that's about it. And, so the, through the whole process, I was kind of asking myself, when is she going to ask for all this information? Um, but that relationship really allowed me to kind of kick it into high gear in 2017. Um, we end up closing on 10 units that year. And then we sold the initial two in Vegas that summer.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So with that being said, uh, Aaron, uh, at what point you uh, sort of switched out your jobs, you went into part-time and things like that. The reason I, I try to focus on some of these elements, Aaron, is that there are a lot of new investors who are working and sort of doing this as a side hustle. And they want to like kind of understand that what it takes to get there. Sometimes, you know, there's this whole notion out there that, Oh, how quickly can I jump into multifamily without having any sort of prior experience into, uh, you know, doing some perhaps some rentals and things like that. So could you maybe uh, elaborate that, you know, when you turned into part time and uh, sort of uh, how you went about that?
2: Sure. Um we had uh, we have a chalkboard in our kitchen um mm-hmm. that um, my wife will write out things we're doing during the week, you know, she'll put kind of like a menu for the week. Mm-hmm. Um if we're going somewhere on Thursday night this week, she'll put that on the the menu. So for a long time we had um had the, the number 20 circled on the chalkboard. Oh, um,
1: interesting.
2: We wanted 20 units in our portfolio. Um I think oh, I see. It, mm-hmm. we figured at 20 units I could probably go part-time. Um mm-hmm. So, you know, last uh, May, we closed on a, our first six-unit deal in Pittsburgh. Um, I had with three partners, and we closed early May. Um, mm-hmm. And literally, um, I don't know if it's cosmic or it's because we had the goal written up on the chalkboard for a couple mm-hmm. of years. But uh, a longtime pharmacist I'd known for probably seven or eight years, um, he called me one day out of the blue at work and struck up a conversation. He was like, hey, we have these positions open here at, at University of Virginia Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, for part time, uh, we have a couple full time positions open. Um, mm-hmm. Would you be willing to come in and take a look at them? And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, eh, maybe. And you know, I I I drove to the interview um, that day thinking like, there's no way in the world I'm taking this job. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not, not going to leave and take this part time job. It was kind of scary. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you, but um, got down there and interviewed and uh, thought to myself, okay, maybe maybe. And then I got back to my regular job and some of the weirdest stuff happened in the two week period um, that I agreed to accept the job. Um, So there was a two week period there that just all this bizarre stuff happened at work. And I was like, you know what, I need to get out of here. You know, and at this point, you know, we knowing that we had just went over the 20 unit mark um, I knew I would be able to. Um, And I, you know, I left probably quicker than I'd anticipated, but um, Mm -hmm. it was a nice little, it was a nice little break. Um, I went from working every third weekend to, um, work in no weekends. I'm kind of Monday through Friday at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's always
1: nice to have that cushion of time to, you know, chill back and, you know, work on a few other uh, initiatives that you may be going on, you know?
2: Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's let me, um, you know, devote more time to my real estate business. And, um, you know, at this point, the pharmacy is my side hustle, um, versus real estate now. Sure, sure.
1: I want to circle back to th- that conversation uh, where you said that uh, on your kitchen board, you had number 20 written up uh, depicting, you know, the number of units that uh, mm-hmm. you wanted to achieve. Uh, was that by design uh, that you did that or that was just part of your vi- visualizing a bigger goal and keeping that number 20 on your chalkboard uh, as if like it serves you as a memory mark the whole time that I gotta achieve this, I gotta achieve this. Was that by design, by intention you did that or uh, how did that come about?
2: So, uh, you know, with the number 20, um, I knew that if each door was cash flowing about $300 a month Mm -hmm. um, and not every door we have cash flows $300 a month, but the, you know, some of the ones do better and some of the ones do a little bit worse. Um, But I knew on average that at about $300 a door and, 20 units that basically i could you know replace my income sure at that yeah. point um and even even though i we've we reached that amount you know me still working part-time there's still mm-hmm. some supplement with my regular w-2 income mm-hmm. versus um just all having to be cash flow and there's you know there's some things that pop up during the middle of a month at a property mm-hmm. that we need to fix so the cash flow is not as good as it you know is sure, sure
1: you have ups and downs uh every now and then yep yes yep. I see. That's awesome. So it was a thoughtful event for you. I mean, in fact, it's interesting. Personally, for me, it was my CPA who had told me years ago that, Sakar, you know, did you realize that you could really quit your job? And I know I was working towards that, but getting that good news from my CPA directly, I was like, I said, you know what, I, I said, you know, I, I will certainly think about it now because, uh, you know, CPA saying that, that certainly, you know, puts a lot of credence you
2: know,
1: <laughs> uh, to that statement. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Incredible story there, uh, Aaron. So uh, talking about, uh, you know, like doing deals and you went along. Uh, did several deals uh, out of state and things like that. Um, what are sort of your parameters for uh, picking up these deals? Like how are you evaluating them? Are you evaluating them strictly by cash flow or uh, do you look for any signs of appreciation in, in near future and things like that? Could you maybe give us some philosophy on how you go
2: about that? Um, yeah, sure. It's, it's probably been a, um, kind of like a graduated process through time. Mm-hmm. I think, um, probably in initially in Las Vegas investing in afar. Um, you know, I think we were just looking for cash flow initially. Um, we knew the area we were investing in was a nice area. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was Henderson, Nevada, which is, you know, kind of the Southeast corner of Las Vegas, um, mm-hmm. kind of a growing neighborhood, um, just a nice area, kind of the suburbs. Um, now when I started moving kind of into uh local here or Cleveland, um, you know, cash flow is to me has always been the most important thing, but, um, you know, I, I kind of melted that in a little bit with the area of uh, the neighborhood, you know, you don't want to, you know, D class or, uh, sure. C minus class because your, your, your insurance Absolutely. is going to be higher. Your tenant's turnover is going to be,
1: Absolutely.
2: And, uh, you know, your tenants are going to be more high maintenance. But um, I kind of wanted, you know, stabilized, um, you know, C plus, B minus, B neighborhoods. um, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so far, um, you know, the the boots on the ground to help, you know, in Las Vegas, uh, the realtor we had there, the property manager company there, um, Mm -hmm. they could always lend advice. Um, You know, in Cleveland, um, the first realtor I had, um, he kind of came and went. Um, He didn't stick around very long as a realtor. Uh, The second realtor, I had um up there has been amazing um you know he he's an investor himself i think he had it when i first met him he had double digit units himself mm-hmm. um so he could say you know this is not the best area um but you know it's not a bad buy if you do want to buy it mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know cash flow has always been um the number one goal
1: Right, right. So you're basically looking for cash flow and safe, affordable, uh, clean units and uh, just having that uh, operative word there is the safe because uh, sometimes these neighborhoods can be tricky and as you rightfully pointed out. Uh, Just that whole churn of, you know, tenants giving you issues and, you know, lots of maintenance happening and then obviously turnovers and uh, God forbid, uh, you know, you have to go through rent court and eviction and things like that. I mean, that can really ruin the performance of your entire portfolio, basically. Yeah. And, uh, very good. So speaking of this single family and multifamily, uh, properties, Aaron, uh, what w- advice would you give to beginning investors that, uh, they're, you know, looking for, first several deals, for example, uh, what, what sort of advice would you give them before they start to transition towards, uh, you know, like duplex, uh, you know, triplex, quad, things like that.
2: Um, you know, honestly, I think a lot of people think, um, that you have to start in single family. Mm -hmm. Um, but in reality you don't, um, you know, I, I did commercial loans on, um, quads and duplexes. Um, Mm -hmm. just for the simplicity of the whole process, you know, instead of taking a hundred days to close, it was taking 40, 35, 40, 45 days. Um, the process was, was a lot simpler, but, um, you know, after closing on a couple of six unit deals, um, those are just as easy to close on, uh, versus, versus a one unit. So time-wise it's the same amount of time. Um, you know, you're getting six times the rent that you would be for the one unit. Absolutely. Um, You know, if all things being equal, you know, why waste your time on one when you can get six?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, you know, as you rightfully said that, It's all a numbers game. It's all empirical when it comes to multi-family. The only piece I always like to add is that if someone is a complete newbie who has like zero experience, I always like to, you know, sort of caution that, um, you know, while the multi-unit in concept sounds pretty great, but if they don't know what they're doing, you know, it, is a, it, it, it could be disastrous that what could be a promising uh, sort of career path that can quickly turn into a nightmare and they can like sort of, uh, you know, end up buying a uh, whatever, a dilapidated or a building that needs a lot of work and, you, you know, that might just uh, perish their uh, sort of investing career. So I I always like to kind of uh, maybe uh, sort of caution that, hey, just have some basic knowledge as to, you know, how you renovate and things like that. Perhaps, you know, having one or uh, two rental units so that, you know, just how the process, the closing, the renovation, you understand, you know, know, advertising, leasing. And uh, once you have that, I think, graduating towards, I think, duplexes, triplexes, or even larger uh, apartment complexes for that matter makes complete sense. Would you agree to that, Adam?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, education is most, uh, most important. I mean, sure. uh, that that first uh, unit that I had initially lost $50,000 on, I self-managed that the whole time, um, and had I had a bad tenant in there who was just going to, you know, would have Created mayhem. I would have had a really hard time uh, dealing with it. Um, right, right. I, I,
1: agree with you. I agree with you.
2: You know, but educating myself. um, You know, if I were to have that same situation today, I think I could handle it. You know, a lot better versus sure. you know six, seven, eight years ago. But absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But with today's, you know, today there's podcasts. uh, There's bigger pockets. Uh, there's tons of books um,
1: so much i mean we are in an information age i mean a podcast just like this as uh, everyone might be listening uh that the, these are great avenues there's youtube as you rightfully said i think the access to information has changed so much that learning is a lot more accessible and which is which is actually a great thing i mean a lot of these podcasts or even bigger pockets for that matter uh, they did not exist personally. When I started way back in 2000, uh, you know, back then, it was all like, you know, if you go back to my history, you know, I started with uh, Carlton Sheets and Ron Legrand uh, uh, content, which, you know, which I think not a lot of people remember those names nowadays. <laughs> but anyway, that story for some of the time. <laughs> Um, so, um, Aaron, uh, in your uh, apartment units, what sort of you know improvements you have done uh, to raise the rents? Like, you know, could you maybe describe what the rents were, some renovations that you may have done, and uh, you know, sort of the, how much the rent you are able to increase now on your projects?
2: Um, basically, uh, we're going to kind of make everything look clean. Um, you know, that's a big thing with a lot of tenants is just that, you know, you walk into two places and one's kind of got you know, drabby paint or um paint that's kind of like on the trim, on the floor, on the wall. Um, you know, that kind of looks rough. But in general, um we in Cleveland we pretty much go through and do like a light gray. I think they call it agreeable gray. Uh mm-hmm. we'll do a white trim. Um lots of times we're going with a clean, you know, newer flooring. Uh we'll pull carpet up and refinish flooring. Mm-hmm. Uh, like wood floors. Um, right. If there's no wood floors, we'll take and put like LBT down, mm-hmm. kind of the wood look, vinyl planks. Right. Like um, it makes it look real crisp. Uh, if the appliances are bad, we'll replace them with stainless steel appliances. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what tenants are looking for these days. Um, plugins, you know, the, you have the general like two plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, very cheaply, you can take out the uh, the two plugins and add USB ports um in the plug-in i think 10 12 bucks is is what one calls nowadays you know we'll put those in uh, strategic that's, places
1: that's very smart that just for all the plugging the electronics the phones and things like that to uh, yeah
2: okay. i mean every, everybody needs juice for their devices these oh, days
1: awesome! absolutely
2: i couldn't agree more <laughs> so you're um, saying
1: you're basically adding those plugins wherever your outlets may be is that is, is that does that sound about right
2: yeah, we try to do them in the bedrooms at mm. least. Uh maybe a bathroom and a kitchen. Um, gotcha. You know, those are um and you know, for fifty dollars, um, you know, for five of those or whatever com- maybe right.
1: Makes yeah. complete
2: sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you you get a tenant that comes in and sees the place is clean and then they've got, you know, just little extras like that. Um, oh, it's a it's a it's a winner.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I agree
2: exactly. With you. But that's generally what we do. We just try to tidy things up. Mm-hmm. Um and make it look cleaner um, sure.
1: and what is the rent difference like after you renovated like how much rent you were able to increase and things like that
2: um the newer stuff um, for example the first uh, six unit uh, we closed on last year in um, Pittsburgh uh, all the units were kind of tired a little bit dated um, they're about 600 650 square feet one bedroom one bath mm-hmm. uh, we went through and taking the rents from 500 525 up to 625 650 675 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I so see. about you know about 20% mm-hmm. got it got it. and uh, you also said uh, Aaron that you
1: had uh, some partners uh, in your deals could you maybe describe like how you went about that uh, in terms of like um, were they like your work partners, your family, friends, that kind of thing? Like how you structured your uh, investments?
2: Um, the first um, six-unit deal we did last year in May, um, we did it uh, three partners, just basically 25, 25, 25, 25 hmm. uh, sp- splits with the, uh, the partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was the best man at my wedding. Um, the other one is a chiropractor. Um, that I, I've been going to for the last 12, 13 years mm-hmm. and the other partner is, was his best man, uh, at his oh. wedding. <laughs> so we named the LLC, um, best man realty, um, oh, wow! appropriately. <laughs> right. Um, now this last, uh, six unit deal I closed in January was a syndication. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I found the property, uh, through the same broker we closed the deal with last year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he, he kind of emailed me those over the summer. He's like, Hey, I have these two, you know, properties kind of in the area you're looking for, um, probably in the price range you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, so we kind of got that under contract in October and, uh, went through a due diligence phase. Um, and then, um, I, you know, hired an SEC attorney and then raised capital. Um, and we closed on that in January. Interesting. Uh,
1: Could you describe like how many investors were there? Like how, what type of paperwork you needed, the costs, and how you went about finding your investors? Uh, You know, I I know it's a lot of questions, but uh, if you could describe a little bit more in detail, that'd be great.
2: Sure. Um, So, uh, investors. um, One of the investors in the four-unit deal, I mean, well, the six-unit deal, but the four partners, he invested with me again. I had a friend. Oh, actually, the father-in-law of a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another uh, investor who heard of me uh, through a podcast, uh, another podcast I had done. Um, so he came from there, and then the other is a uh, real estate friend I have here locally. Um, Interesting. He in, he invested through his IRA. And, oh, that's
1: that's very really nice. That's fine. So there were
2: the, the four of them and myself uh, who kind of you know c- comprised the uh, the partnership. And then, um, as far as the SEC attorney goes, um, you know, you're trading securities essentially because I'm sure. I'm making decisions, and the other partners are kind of more passive. Right. Um, so we had to have uh, you know private placement memorandum, operating agreement. Um, costs to that usually run about you know eight to twelve thousand dollars, depending on the you know the size of the deal and the attorney sure. you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our closing costs ran probably about eight thousand to ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. um and then you know i took an acquisition fee for cutting putting everything together
1: sure how how much percentage was that uh, i did a
2: 3 3% acquisition
1: oh that's that's nice that's healthy yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah gave myself a few gray hairs in the process <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, right. yeah yeah it's a lot of work uh, it, it is it, it
1: i mean you're dealing with banks due diligence i mean closing process title company all that i mean it's, it's yeah I mean, you know, you know, pretty much throughout that 60-day process. Uh, I mean, 60-day, uh, you know, entire phase. You, you're almost living and breathing this thing to the finish line. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have never checked a uh, account balance ever in my life. Um,
1: as eagerly as, <laughs> as,
2: as yeah, as eagerly. You know, I I didn't have online access yet, so I had to check it by phone, uh, which oh, I've never I've never checked. A balance by phone before, but um, <laughs> Friday around lunchtime, I got the uh, the all clear that all the the funds have been deposited, and I was kind of like doing a happy dance at work. <laughs> I hear you. I hear
1: you. Yeah, awesome. So I appreciate your uh, kind words uh, there, uh, Aaron. Um, please tell us, like, uh, you know, what what is your best advice uh, that you've received so far?
2: Um, the best advice I uh, received probably is just, just get out there and do it. Um, you know, you you have people who we talked about education and education is very important, but you have uh, some people who they just, all they do is education. Uh, They never take any action.
1: Right. Right.
2: Um, and at some point, you know, you've got to get off the bench and get into the game. Um,
1: absolutely.
2: I think I've used this, um, phrase before, you know, like the iPad when the first iPad came out, it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. you know it it worked it was functional uh but over time they've made improvements to it and if we were still waiting for them to make out the perfect ipad um we'd still be waiting for the first ipad
1: still be waiting that's that's very true i think as they said you know ready aim fire just uh, you know you just got to interchange all of that and keep on moving i appreciate it
2: <laughs> exactly uh sounds good uh please tell us Aaron how viewers can locate you um well, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Aaron Howell, A A R O N H O W E L L. Um, you can also find um, me, me on Bigger Pockets. Um, also, I have a website. Um, it's blacklickholdings.com. Um, you can probably Google it, and I, I think that's the address. Uh, I'd have to look, honestly. You kind of caught me off guard with that, but um, blacklickholdings.com. Um, Got okay. it. Okay. And, um, but that, you know, I'm, you know, if you send me a message or friend me on LinkedIn or bigger pockets, I'll, I'll friend you back.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Good. This has been an awesome, uh, you know, informative podcast uh, uh, there, Aaron. I appreciate your taking time and right. I look forward to bigger things, uh, and <laughs> you know, uh, having you back again at, at a future, uh, you know, uh, edition of a podcast. Uh, thank you for taking time today.
2: All right. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest.